Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, hello again and welcome to the Open Goal Podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill and Simon Ferry, as usual, is with us. What's I have to say, right? Simon, all things considered, uh-huh. you are looking remarkably fresh, because I know, like me, you, you didn't get a wink of sleep last night, did you? No, so excited about our guest, uh-huh. who I've got on. Now, you, you, talk about, you, talk, <laughs> you talk about Rory McAllister... You talk about Lawrence Shankland and the past for sport, Kenny Duker, all these guys are banging, but see the guy sitting next to us today, he, those boys couldn't touch him in his heyday 25, 30 years ago. And I know the listeners will be saying, oh, yeah, beauty, John Brogan's on. No, it's no, it's no John Brogan. <laughs> Craig Brewster. Craig Brewster. Some other dancer. It's Kenny Day. Well, we couldn't get any of them on, so I've had to sell for Gordon <laughs> DL. We've got the dancer on, the Wraith Rovers legend. The top scorer in the club's history. Thank you, Bruce Simon. You wow. know that level well. 170 goals for Wraith Rovers. We've got a guy that knows how to put the ball in the net. So, Daz, a big warm welcome to you from everybody at Thank Open Thank you. Goal. One, 170 goals in 25 games. <laughs> 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 it's not not bad, but you mentioned some good names there, Mark. You know, especially Ken Eady. Uh, when we were in the Championship, he was here. We used to go head-to-head. It was the, every single week. We were always to see right. who finished top goal scorer. And he was always scoring and I had to be on my, my toes, you know. So I remember back then as well, it was a, I think it must have been a, a huge thing for strikers because it was in all the divisions, you're mm-hmm. talking 30 years ago, weren't we? The Daily Record had the Daily Record hot shot competition, didn't they? Well, they had the, go- is it the golden shot or the something they shot, called. Yeah, and I, I finished second and it was McCoy's. It was all through the divisions. It was first to 30 goals. That's right, yeah. And McCoy's won it and he pipped me, I think, on the last day of the season. And it was brilliant because I had a testimonial dinner and Coisty actually done my dinner. And he was sitting, I didn't know this, and uh, as he stood up to say his speech, he says, I would just like to say to Gordon Dell, and he picked up the trophy, he brought the trophy, <laughs> and he said, that's the nearest you'll ever get to that, mate. <laughs> ah, brilliant. So, listen, we've got 45 minutes coming up. As usual, we've got some great topics to talk about, um, and we're going to get wired right in. I'm Mark Goody, and as I say, joined by Gordon Dell and our own Simon Ferry. We're going to speak about Celtic, another poor result for Brendan Rodgers and his players at the weekend. We're going to... 
touch on a wee link to the to the Ryder Cup this weekend in terms of great uh, comebacks with what Tiger Woods achieved last week, and we'll take a look back at Daz's career at Wraith Rovers, Aird United winning the the PFA awards, etc., etc. He's going to give us a couple of cracking stories on that. So stay with us for forty five minutes. I know you are going to enjoy it. Right, let's get to it. Celtic defeat at Kilmarnock. Daz, I know you were at uh, Rangers against St. Johnson mm-hmm. at Ibrooks, but there must have been a real buzz around Ibrooks when the, the news came through that, that, that Celtic had lost. Well, funny you say that, Mark, because I said on Super Scoreboard that um, the minute the full-time whistle went at Rugby Park, two minutes later, now... The boys slaughter me because I love watching warm-ups and how people approach a game and stuff because I was the worst in the world. I never, ever done a warm-up as a player. So I'm now opposite. I like to look at everything like that. And they come sprinting. And I mean sprinting out the tunnel. Completely different. Mm-hmm. Three weeks gone by. And they knew that, yeah, there's St. Johnston, great opportunity, obviously overtake Celtic. Um, and they were really up for it. But they still had the job to do. And I've got to say, I was very impressed with uh, Rangers. I've went along to Ibrox many a time over the last season or two, or maybe even more than that, and the football's been dreadful. Some of the stuff they played on uh, Sunday was terrific, and uh, I thought St Johnson were very lucky to get out just to five. But it goes back to the old days, and I think it's great that you're looking now at Celtic's result, Rangers' result, but... But let's give a lot of credit, and I think this is where we get mixed up because you look at Livingston, 11 points. You look at Hibs, who are one of the best footballing sides you know, in the league. You look at Hearts, league leaders. So there's good competition there, and I think it's good for the excitement of football. Simon, when you saw the result coming through, 2-1 last minute, stoppage time winner from Big Stuart Finlay. Were you surprised at all that Celtic lost? See, when I seen Craig Gordon with a pair of school trousers on at the start of the game, I was worried for Celtic. <laughs> what was he doing there now? Honestly, it was... And then... I think there, was nothing much, there wasn't much in the game. Um, quite a boring game again. Yeah. For, for No, the first time this year a Celtic game it was quite boring, you know. There wasn't much in it. And then big Jack Henry again loses his man, which is schoolboy. Yeah. Two yards off him. Big Stuart Finlay puts it in. But I would be really worried if I was Celtic. I mean, guys that are coming in who have no played are desperate to impress. Guys at Sinclair just never done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he's playing now, player of the year two years ago, he looks like he could be part-time with me next year, getting the bus at the Red Deer at six o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> In case you don't know, that sign plays for Peter. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm up to... I'm, I'm up very to badly, very badly. He knows one of the cars. No, I know about his career. What position oh, do you play? <laughs> on, on that uh, time up, uh, obviously Brendan Rogers is doing his media duties, and, and the line that everybody's pick, picked up on is that the Celtic supporters, everybody connected to the club with an affection for the club should be alarmed at what's going on just now. Daz, were you surprised how brutally honest he was with that comment? Um, no, um, I don't think there's a great... I could be wrong, Mark, as an as a, as a ex-manager and being about and listening and, and dealing with boards and dealing with directors and dealing with chairmen. Sometimes the relationship isn't the greatest and I think the biggest problem just now is... I think there's a little bit of distance between Peter Lowell and Brendan Rodgers. 
And I think Brendan has been very clever and very experienced manager by how he's approaching it, coming out with statements like that. Well, it's well documented that um, the close season transfer policy, in my opinion, was poor. And I think everybody would agree. And I think Brendan's sort of a throwing the dummy out a little bit with some of his statements. You look at the signings, even in January, Compare came in, six odd minutes against uh, Morton. I was there, and I'm looking, thinking, this boy's a long way to go. Never been seen since. You know, you look at one or two of the other signings coming in, no disrespect, I don't think they're good enough for what Brendan Rodgers, where he wants to take Celtic in the European campaign. So there have been a lot of disharmony, I think, between the manager and the board. But you've got to say that, you know, another flip side of the coin, that the board have backed him with, and it's well documented now, because that's what happens the minute a wee blip comes in, the wage bill comes out, the signings comes out, the failures come out. I think we're getting, I think we're getting carried away. But we're six weeks, uh, six games into the season. Yes, have they been the usual Celtic? No, they've not. But they've still got a quality squad. They've got, still got quality players. He's still a quality manager. But some of his press stuff, I think, he's been very, very clever as a manager. Malumbu, for instance, I watched him at Kilmarnock, and all credit to the boy, he was terrific. And and to be fair, even at the weekend, I seen part of the game, and he wasn't the worst player in the world. Yeah. But if Celtic had got McGinn, for instance, they would never have looked at a signing like this. And and I don't think. Is it Arzania it's pronounced? Arzania, huh? Yeah. If you go back and, and, and listen to Brendan Rodgers talking about him before they signed him, there's no way in the world Brendan Rodgers wanted to sign him. No. Absolutely no way. But then when when you look at the other side of it, Brendan was quite happy to take all the plaudits for the Armstrongs, the Forests, the guys that were there under Dyla saying how I've improved them. And he certainly did improve them. So if he's getting players put upon him that he doesn't like, then he's still got a job as a Celtic coach and manager because it happens at a big percentage of clubs now. A football manager is no longer a manager of a football club. As in, you run it, you pick the players, you pick the, you pick what you want to do in the transfer market. That doesn't happen. There's chief execs, there's directors of footballs, everything like that. Sometimes the managers are are get players put upon them and said, okay, we couldn't get your number one target, there's two or three. That's what you've got to Fair deal enough. with. P- Paddy McCourt said the same thing to you, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, talking about it was Dermot. That, uh, yeah, brought him in. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gordon Strachan wasn't overly aware. So, but listen, mm. that is part and parcel yeah, of football. Yeah. And, and we all accept that now. You know, there's, mm. different, there's different areas where, where players can, can come in from. And it is up to the manager. Regardless, sometimes you'll get the guys he wants. Sometimes he won't get his first two or three targets I totally accept the John McGinn one I've always said that that'll come back to haunt Celtic and I think it's haunting them just now not getting them but that said they've still got quality players there and the manager's still the highest paid manager in the country by a distance they've got to get it together Uh and start you know if there's a wee bit of feeling sorry for themselves or whatever they need to put that on one side and get on with the job but I think the last two years the guys that were playing, say your mid centre midfielders, knew I need to be on my game because Armstrong can come in. Yeah. Your wingers thought I need to be on my game because Patrick Roberts can come in. Strikers, I need to be on my game. Dembele can come in. Edward can come in. Now you look at Browning and Cham, and they 
for me, will be thinking... Comfort zone. Comfort zone, because Malumbu's not going to play ahead of us, because he's not that same sort of... Armstrong can make a difference, whereas Malumbu can He's not going to come in and play ahead of us. Forrest, looking at Arzani, young boy, he's not going to come in and play ahead of me. People get in their comfort zone when they're not challenged. Players especially, I think, Gordon. Do you not agree? Yeah, yeah I totally agree. The only thing I'll say is it'd be very hard to remove Cham and Brown because the two of them are exceptional. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Celtic need... A little jag. You, you look at them, for instance, only three, four weeks ago, I watched them against Rangers and they totally dominated Rangers. Roll on now, everybody's talking about this fantastic Rangers side and Celtic are the ones that are getting the, mm-hmm. the getting criticism. Yeah. You know, so I, I just think we're getting carried away a wee bit. If you put Celtic's strongest starting to live in on the pitch against Rangers or Hearts or Hibs, or Livingston, who are up with them, Celtic are by far the better side. I would rather go and take them. But I think the negativity is coming for the first time, I think it's coming from the manager. right? And, and as a player, we've all been in dressing rooms. If you're reading constantly and you're listening to someone and their body language and being negative... It rubs it, off. It rubs off on you, yeah. of course it does. So then, so, am I being too extreme here when I, if I suggest that Brendan Rodgers is starting to work the exit plan. Is that is that even too extreme? No, I would I would go with that, Mark. I think I think Brendan's looked at it and thought I think the European scene was a big one for, for Brendan Rodgers. Domestically, it's very hard to argue with the guy. Six out of six. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and some I, I listen to the phone ins and stuff like that and I'm on them and some Celtic fans I find it astonishing the way they phone in and, and have a go at the manager who and st- until now, still the now, still able to win the next three, mm-hmm. and he'll certainly win silverware if he stays. But I think Brendan now looks at the bigger <coughs> picture. You know, you, if you look at his Liverpool career, he came so close to winning that title. He came up to Celtic. He's rebuilt his reputation again, um, and I think he wants to take Celtic another level. But I think the board, quite rightly so, have got a duty to run a football club. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at a million pounds for a fast pitch. Brilliant. Nobody thinks about that, right? He does. He thinks out the box. But sometimes £59 million pound wage bill, everybody's now talking about, for Scottish football is incredible. So it shows you he wants to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. But I think there's got to a situation, I could be wrong, that the board have decided there's only so far he can push. Right, because it's still Celtic, still you know Scottish football, and whatever happens in Europe's brilliant. It's a great bonus, and I'm a, I'm with you, Mark. I think that Brendan in the back of his head is now thinking, maybe it's time for the exit door for me. You, do you sense is there still full love and support out there for for Brendan the way the Celtic supporters have taken them to <clears throat> to their hearts over the past couple of years, or do you feel it's a wee turn going against them in terms of the supporters? I noticed the European game last week at about 70 minutes I heard quite a lot of things that I've never heard at Celtic Park for a couple of years mm-hmm. fans really unhappy um, starting to have a go at the manager, which is the first time I've heard that under Brendan Rodgers um, and I think it's going to be tough now, because Celtic have looked to me as they've got a manager who might not want to be there they look to me as if they've got three or four players who maybe don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Encham, Boyata. You told me that Porto came in for Encham on the last day. That's Boyata true. had interest. Mm-hmm. If you get any three or four players I'll plus a manager... i as well, sorry on Boyata. Yeah, go just for it. To, you know, I like a exclusive now and again. Yeah, go for it. There's a deal done for 
Boyata, I think I'm being told he has uh, agreed, or his agent certainly um, is um, heavily in talks with another club. So you could see him signing a pre-contract on on January the the first. And if that's the case, and you begin to wonder about his mm-hmm. dedication and, and, and application, well, it only um, takes one player Mark, to do that to a team. If yeah. there's two or three, and they're they're your top players, they two or three players, it can affect the dressing room massively. Players looking at a manager thinking, does he want to be here? And then you look at the opposite side at Rangers. Every player at Rangers now wants to be at Rangers. You can tell that the way they play. The manager's desperate to be there. He wants to do well. He's young. He's hungry. And that's the difference in the two squads for me just now. I think that you both make great points here. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. The, the comparison of the two manage, managers at the moment, you just feel an energy, a buzz, a, a guy that is so hungry like Steven Gerrard. And, and you look at, at Brendan and you're just not seeing the same, I don't know what, what they want, appetite, desire... Hunger as maybe there was a year or two. I, I think as a play, as a as a player, you want to hear the right things, and I think that we'll call him the rookie manager. That's what everybody calls him. I think he's coming out with the right things for his player. You look at guys like Andy Halliday. He's act, Andy Halliday actually thinks he's a world class player. I'm not being disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. It's the way the managers made him feel. You know, you watch him; he's a part of it. Now, I think everybody would have thought that the minute the manager come in. Halliday would have been yeah. off. Yeah. But he's a massive parry because I think his press is very good. OK, I don't think he got off to the greatest start against Aberdeen. I think he was talking a lot of nonsense, you know, after a game about the conspiracy with the referees. I hate to see that. I thought that was his blip. But mm. apart from that, he's been magnificent in front of the cameras. His press stuff has been good. It's been positive. It's been about his players. The one thing I like about him, I hear about him in the dressing room, which I would never have done as a manager, and I totally disagree with. He never talks about his own career and what he done. I told everybody about every goal, every goal, every cup final I played, in, every reserve game, everything. But apparently, that, uh, that, that eight that eight second team talk. <laughs> I remember I come on a sub against Sterling, uh, but um, but he, he never he never brings that up. He never talks about his past. He never talks about well. And if you if you hear him, he, he never talks about well when we were at Liverpool and won the so, European yes. Cup and stuff like that so his, his press and, and Brendan Rodgers up until the last few months I used to think was the same yeah. he was great when he come over and how he how he embraced his players even if they were going through a bad time how he kept that bench happy you know the Griffiths and all these people he he's the one for me it has been negative Matt mm-hmm. and, and, and I think it's because he's not happy what happened in the summer mm-hmm. now but as a manager, you've, you've been a manager, you've been a director of football, you've been a coach, you've been a captain, you've been a player. Managers don't always get what they want. And, and he wanted the right back, the boy for Sport in Lisbon. Didn't get the deal done. He wanted John McGinn, didn't get it done. And then that's when he came out and went public. But as a manager as well, something you've got to accept, you can't get everybody. And as much as you're bitterly disappointed... You've got to go on with it, haven't you? Uh, totally, totally. And and the board have got a they've, they've got a good case to say, look, you know, nine million pounds for Edward and the wage bill. Look at what we've done. We've gave him the pit. Brendan Rodgers has basically had every box ticked since he walked into Celtic Park. Now what's happened is they've said, stop, hold on a minute. We have to look at this. We have to manage it right. And Brendan, being ambitious, and I can totally understand that. He's, he's wanting to keep going forward. Now, when you come out and say as a manager and you've won six trophies out of six, I want John McGinn 
that's got to cost them three, four million. You're expecting to get yeah, John McGinn. Yeah, yeah. You're expecting to... Particularly as right. a Celtic fan, etc. Yeah, et yeah. yeah, And when you don't get that deal done, you go and huff a little bit, right? But you've still got to go on with You look at days before the transfer window, probably your best centre forward gets sold. And you're saying before that, no, he won't leave in the transfer window. He, he leaves and you're left with two recognised strikers for a European campaign, league mm-hmm. campaign, cups campaign, all that. See, if he's not unhappy, why do he, a guy like him, why do he's not just left? Well, I don't, I don't think you do that. I don't think he's, an, I don't think he's that kind of guy that... I, he obviously loves Celtic Football Club. So sometimes, I hate to say this, you don't cut off your nose to spite your face because I hate talking about noses. But um, <laughs> as, a, as a manager, I think you're better working your way out within a job, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because think about it, he still, still possibly could win an hour treble. Yeah. Now, what does that do for your stock? Well, that's, 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 that's what I'm just about to say. We're not sitting here writing them off, but there's no. a bit of negativity for the first time in, in two years. Uh, you know, it would be dangerous just to, to write them off because nothing's been won yet, mm. nothing's been lost yet, and as you say, Celtic do have the most proven manager in the country but th- and the best squad. In but the I think Simon touched on it there about being at the game. I think there's a bit of negativity for the first time since he walked in. Because remember the reception he got at Celtic yeah. Park from the Celtic supporters. Because mm. I find it astonishing that people can actually question you know, about Brendan Rodgers and people saying, well, we've seen this coming months and months and months ago. You just come off a treble. Mm-hmm. You know, a back-to-back treble. Sorry, one stat you can pick up on yeah. here. that I, I just do my research, Daz, as you know. Mm-hmm. In 2018, I think, Celtic have played 19 league games and only won nine. Wow. In 2018. Well, he's won the, he's won the important ones, Mark, mm-hmm. because he's won every trophy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's like uh, playing a playing a, a a game of golf. You don't look at it's the final numbers. Mm-hmm. It's what you score. You don't say, "Well, I had a had a bad hole three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what you finally score because you can't argue with back to back trebles. It's mm-hmm. impossible to argue with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you set such a high standard, and you're right. You touch on players, Scott Sinclair. You you say. He doesn't even look half the player he was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I hope he doesn't come to Peterhead because you might be on the bench. Um, <laughs> I'm on the bench anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so you look at players like that and you're thinking, right, okay, they're, they're, they're things obviously, because he did take a lot of credit for all the players improved. Look at Stuart Armstrong, yeah. the profit they made in him as well. So I think it's not... I think on the pitch it'll get sorted. I really do, because I think they've got too much quality. And quality will always come to the top. I think the biggest problem is off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Only looking from the outside for me. The thing I was going to touch on was every Celtic player or Rangers player that we've interviewed have said it's, it's easy to play for Celtic and Rangers when things are going well. Mm-hmm. These Celtic players have not had a bad time. Most of them actually. Maybe take Brown and Tierney out of that. These Celtic players have only seen good times. Mm-hmm. Fans been happy with them. Be hard for them now, you know, with fans getting very angry and yeah, maybe you're, turning you're, on them. You're running out a tunnel uh-huh. to fifty thousand fans, knowing that it's a different, it's a yeah. different, it's a yeah. different team to play. In, so we need to see how these players react to 
Right, we'll, yes. get, we'll get to a, a point here that we'll, that we'll discuss. We'll just get right to it. And I, I don't I don't like asking questions like this, as, as you know, Daz. We're never mm. on here to try and chase managers out of jaws. As you say, particularly guys, just one back-to-back trebles. But as we sit here just now, September 25th, do you think Brendan Rodgers is under pressure? And when I say under pressure, that can only come from the board because the board have only... It's only them that have the power to hire and fire, despite what the media say or supporters say or whatever. Do you think in the Celtic boardroom they'd be thinking, are we, are we possibly looking at, at, at alternatives at this No, point? they couldn't. I, I think that would be a disaster for them. Um, as much as you can have your arguments with people, you can have your disagreements with people, don't put somebody that's very good at their job out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who better just now are they going to attract? Exactly, yeah, 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 Brenda. Of course, I, I think I think it's, we're all having a guess at it, and I think we're probably all right. Brenda's not happy with what happened in the summer. The board have got their case. Brenda have got their case. But you don't sit down and look at a guy that his first season was incredible. He then backs it up with another treble. He's still in every trophy the now. We're six games into the season. You don't sit down as a board and say, do you know what? He's not very happy. Let's get him out. What you do is you sit down and try and resolve the situation because you've got the best coach that possibly you can get attacked. Get attract uh-huh. just well, let me put that to you as, as, a, as a director of football, as a manager, when you've had disagreements when you were a manager mm. with your board and you know the chemistry's mm. not been right or you've been a director of football and things were right with your coach your manager is it easy for the two of you to get together or to sit down and, or do you need a middleman how does it work because I know it sounds easy sit down together and sort out your problems but sometimes mm. it really happens you know you get rid of something yeah, you really get rid of the table it, it depends on the characters Mark I don't really know Brendan Rodgers' character me personally I like to go and go face to face and, and, and rather than it linger on because when it lingers on, it goes down the corridors and eventually gets to the dressing room. Mm. And I think that's maybe the problem just now. So I don't know Peter Lawwell that well, you know, as a, as a person. I know him to say hello to you and everything, but I don't know his character. But if it has to take somebody to come in and say, right, enough's enough here, let's get round the table, let's thrash this out. Because you've got the best guy running Celtic under Peter Lowell, you've got to say. You've got the best guy as a coach or manager, whatever you want to call him, in the dugout with Celtic. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't wrap that up. Mm-hmm. You, you resolve. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Clap and you move forward. 
See when you're see as well when you're arguing with the board, is it hard to turn off the to, to hide that from the players, or do you find yourself changing in front of the players? It's it's hard to hide it. Uh-huh. It is because you're only a human being. Sometimes you'll get caught up in it, you know, and sometimes you'll probably get in. Football's a, it runs in adrenaline. You, you see after the games, you see when managers come in and then they'd wake up the next day and go, what did I say that for? Uh-huh. You know, that was nonsense. So in the dressing room sometimes if, if you're against the board and you're saying, come on, let's show them, mm-hmm. and you're forgetting, I shouldn't have said that, mm-hmm. because it's not show them because you're supposed to, to be up yeah. together. Uh, not, yeah. But but, it, but things, we silly mm-hmm. things like that, and a, and a player, we're all cute in that sense. Well, oh, hold on a minute, he's not happy with mm-hmm. the board, or the board's not happy with him. But I think that you don't just go and say, after two or three months, say, things not being every way you want, which is the way it is, because people are now talking, can Rangers win the league, can Hearts win the league, can do, do this, and Celtic and a blip, and look at all the problems in the dressing room. I think it's just getting blown out of proportion. I think it needs sorted, yes. There's something wrong, we all agree with that. But you don't rip up a successful partnership. Yeah. You work at it, I think. I've got to go in between now and the next international break. I think Celtic have got three games. I've got, they've got St Johnson in the League Cup this midweek and then they've, 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 got, uh, they've got two league games so you know it's easy to say and they've not been doing it consistently this season but three victories which is well achievable for Celtic mm. between now and that and all of a sudden things it. are fine again aren't they? I think that baffles me is how can they play so well against Rangers? Mm-hmm. That's probably the only game they've done that this year Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and why is that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Why is that? Mm. Who's that down to? Is that a manager or is it the players? I mean that's what baffles me because the Rangers game they were so far ahead of Rangers yeah. and then they go and play Kilmarnock on Sunday and St Mirren the week before, the week before. As well, and yeah. it's just a completely looks like a completely different team the Rangers games are easy I've, I've played in Celtic Rangers games they're the easiest games in the world to play because you're buzzing yeah, yeah it's incredible the atmosphere everything about it well I've got to ask you how long did it take you to score in your, your Rangers debut five, you five minutes I was embarrassed I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't warm up properly I didn't you know I, I, I swear I, I, I nearly held the game up I couldn't I was 18 I didn't even expect to play I was walking about the dressing room just quickly and it was at Celtic Park and I was there to carry the old days the hampers uh-huh. you would carry the hampers and David Cooper come up to me and says what are you doing I says, what do you mean? I says, do you want, what do you want, your sim pads or something? Ben? You're playing. I didn't even know I was playing, right? So the next minute I'm in the toilet. <laughs> I, was, I was sick before oh, every really game are? in my life. Yeah, every game in my life I was sick, physically sick, right? And I couldn't go out and the referee says, listen, you need to get him out of the toilet. And it was a great story. So we runs out and it was all jungle at the time. Six to a thousand, probably more than that. It was at times when you didn't do a toilet, it was doing your leg, all that nonsense. <laughs> and the atmosphere was incredible. And you could hardly hear it. I always remember, could hardly hear. And I travelled with David Cooper, great David Cooper. And I ran up and I said, Don't go up, go up. And he's looking at me and he's chewing the chungum, you know, and cool as anything. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm, I'm having a nervous moment here. I don't want to say it out. I says, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he just looked at me. He says, just run. I'll find you. I went, that's a deal. <laughs> and I scored after five minutes. And did he put you in? We crossed it for Big Derek. He headered it down and it's it was one of the... Uh, I don't even know how it was a diving header. 
I was, it, 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 was, it was on the ground and I dived in the header that by, by Parky, I think I just caught him out with surprise. Uh, but I exaggerate it all the time. But that, I was only 18 at the time. I'd, I'd grown up, you know, signed with Rangers and thinking, I always wanted to play in a, a Rangers-Celtic game and it was incredible. And that's why I know, and I played in a couple of them, that they're the easiest games. Take care of themselves. Aye, of mm-hmm. course they do. Right. I've spent 20, was, oh, 25 minutes talking about, about Celtic, 30 minutes. Hearts are the league leaders, as Daz has said. Livingston doing ever so well. Yeah. Hibs getting another good result. Aberdeen winning. Uh, and of course, Rangers, uh, Thumpton St Johnston, um, 5 1. We've got a right good moment in our hand just now, haven't we, in terms of all these teams doing well. Mm. And let's give credit to Hearts too. Okay, they dropped points against uh, Livingston, but they still be up there. The league's uh, brilliant this year, eh? You think yeah. anyone can beat anyone? Even, you know, Motherwell mm. go... I know Motherwell have not had great results, but they still run these teams close. You know, Hearts, they gave Hearts a hard time, they gave Aberdeen a hard time. Uh, I really think the league's really good. I think it's the best it's been for years. I watched the Livingston-Hearts game, I thought Livingston were excellent. Mm-hmm. Really good. The midfield three really impressed me. Byrne, Pittman and uh, the boy Jacobs. Really good. Um, Hearts will not win it because they've not got a good enough squad, but I think they'll be up there. But uh, they'll know when it. If you get an injury to Naismith, I think Naismith's so important for them this year. Even I know he missed the penalty, but you can even see him on the pitch the way he helps the young players and mm-hmm. how hard he works. I mean, just an injury. He's an older guy. What is he? Thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I think if we injured it to him or an injury to John Souter would, would would really hurt Hearts badly. But if they can keep everyone fit, I think they'll be up their Hearts. Can Rangers? Can I mean, you, you watch Celtic and Rangers most mm-hmm. most weeks, Dad? So you're you're the best place to to call it than more than most. Are Rangers genuine, and I mean genuine, title contenders at this stage? Yeah, yeah. I thought the, I know I touched on six games. I still, if I was a betting man, I'd still go Celtic. I, I still think Celtic will be too strong in the end. Um, but I think Rangers are are slowly. I know. I know the two games were Dundee and St Johnston. Dundee are, are a poor side. Um, but you've still got to put, beat poor sides. The manner of football that Rangers played at the weekend, and for instance, I, I'm a, I was really on to Morelos at times. He was absolutely magnificent. His work rate was magnificent. Candace looks a different player as well. Ken, I thought, was different class. Arfield just in behind. And you look at the big difference, I think, with Rangers this season is you look at their bench. That's what I was going to say. Competition for places, aren't Yeah, it? Yeah, you look at their bench and players that are out yeah. the squad as well that can come in and play in their first team. So you've got to see his recruitment has been great uh, in that sense. But there's still a long way to go. I think that he, he targeted 12 points. He's got six. He's got hearts. You talk about hearts. Well done to hearts. I'm, I'm a use. I, mean, I don't think hearts can see the... The distance out. Mind you, October the seventh, Sunday, October the seventh, Rangers v Hearts yeah. at Ibrox. What a belter that's mm. going to be. But this is where I, I would like. This is where I'll change my mind a bit because every time I've witnessed Hearts going to Celtic Park or Ibrox, Craig Levine is in a negative mode. Mm. Now I've I've watched Hearts going to Rangers where Hibs under Neil Lennon seen an avenue to say they're at their weakest. We're going at them mm-hmm. and we're very successful. Every time I see Hearts doing that, they're negative. They're so negative, it's unbelievable. So it'll be interesting to see how Levine approaches that one. And that's where I think Hearts won't win it. 
because I think sometimes at the Celtic parts and the Ibrox, he's too negative for me. And I, I agree with I don't think he's got the squad of players to win it. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, Rangers on the back there of beating St John's at the weekend was the back of a tough game against Villarreal mm. in Spain. They get 2 2 draw. Three nights before they play Hearts, they're at home to Rapid Vienna in the Europa League. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they get in, once they get into that rhythm of coping with the, the Thursday Sunday. But we'll see if Hearts provide a test. Okay, we'll move on. We're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to say, joined by Gordon DL, old pal from Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and our very own Simon Ferry. Right, comebacks. We're in the. Week leading up to the Ryder Cup. I love the Ryder Cup. Oh, your, yeah. Your golfing's magnificent, though, aren't you? What's your handicap around? What are you playing off of? Uh, 24. Play- <laughs> <laughs> Minus your 20. <laughs> but, uh, I know you love your goal, but with Tiger Woods winning that uh, competition at the weekend, his first big one in five years, it uh, got his thinking best comebacks in, in football, you know, whether it be helicopter Sunday mm-hmm. uh, back in 2005 Celtic in 2008 the last night up at, at Tannadice Liverpool and Istanbul Stevie Gerrard inspired um, Rafa Benitez's team any others though in I, terms of that, you, that you've been involved can I say in I, think, I think the greatest football comeback still to come Aye. Terry Venables getting a job again <laughs> <laughs> for going a little bit Simon loves Eltel, he's just got a wee tail. Oh, I know, uh, Eltel. Uh, it's like them, we won a Euro course at Ray Clover's Eltel. Can you not get Eltel the ref job now? We're oh. even back in football now. <laughs> Eltel, I forgot about him. I've watched him coaching actually, he's a very, very good coach. Yeah, yeah. I told you, didn't I? I told you he was a good no, coach. Were you know the top rider back in the day? The top, top what? Rider. <laughs> Talking about the rider cup. Oh, the top <laughs> 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 what do you mean back in the day? I'm still going. I'm still going strong. Anyway, I'm on. the captain. So where are we? Comebacks. Where are we? I'll tell. Uh, and I've got to say, and it's only because of involving it. I thought that a small team like Raith Rovers against Celtic, yeah, with seven, eight minutes to go. Um, I know Celtic fans will be going listening to him knowing about that but I've lived after that for 20 odd years now because um, when you play a Celtic side that, with the quality they had the Mistays Nicholas and all these guys and Charlie scores with 7 minutes to go and Celtic have got 3 quarters of support there we're a championship team the, the, the story goes and I've, I've heard for a good source it is true that they were coming down with a cup with the green and white ribbons on it, ready to present it. Ibrooks, yeah, yeah. cup final. And Coca-Cola uh, cup final, we're yeah. talking about 94, 95. Nin- yeah. November uh, 94, in fact, it was, wasn't and it? And I think everybody to a man thought, that's it, we'll be... And to be fair, I think some of our young players must have thought the same. And and I remember sending the ball, and if you see big Ali Graham, and we sent her the ball, and I looked at Ali, and I don't know why I said it, I said, do you know what? We'll get one more chance. Lucky enough, it fell to me. Um, <laughs> no big alley. Because I'd, I'd have a runner-up medal in my pocket. Um, but I was serious when I looked at him. And I said, we'll get one more chance. And I could see big alley for the first time in his life stuck for words. If they say, what's he talking about? I just had a feeling. And fortunately, we got that one chance that nobody ever thought we'd get apart from myself. And... And obviously I shared the valley and went on to, you know, to lift the cup. So 
that would probably be one of the one for me. For you. Simon, you got one? Don't know about the best, but I'll tell you the worst comeback. Paddy McCourt playing centre midfield him, he would fucking never come back after, honestly. <laughs> 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 no, we I remember a couple of times you were I think we were two down once at Swindon and the madman gave the best speech ever. The canyon. Uh-huh. He was just saying, Simon, when you get the ball, just kick it out of the pitch. Give them a throw Okay, because we are rubbish today. It's better if you kick it out, we play safe, you just kick it out for a throw to the other team. Matt Ritchie, if you get a corner, just kick it out for a goal kick. These are rubbish today. We've got no chance of winning this. And he stormed out. We ended up winning 3 2. And after it, he came in and said, I knew it would work, lads. I knew it would work. Totally credit. But Simon's thinking he's playing to my strengths. <laughs> kick you the pitch. Ended up Do getting mad at the match for kicking out the pitch. I'll One of my better games. I'll give me a move to Peterhead. <laughs> but, right, just we'll, we'll touch very quickly again before we move on to the last few minutes. We'll talk about Daz's um, career. We'll tie it up very quickly. If Rangers. Or Hearts for that matter, or Livy, or Aberdeen, or Hibs, or Kilmarnock. If any of those sides t- had to win the league this season, but let's say mainly Rangers, would that be one of the best comebacks ever in terms of able to topple this this Celtic team? I think for Rangers it would, uh, because I don't think I think that Stephen Gerrard was brought in to build something this yeah. year. A be well bit, ahead of schedule, wouldn't it? A wee bit silverware, yeah. be miles ahead of schedule. Uh, I don't think Hearts will do it. I think there's only one team that of could finish above Celtic will be Rangers. I don't think it'll happen. I think Celtic will come again. I think it'll be too strong. But yeah, I think it'd be a fantastic comeback. And um, you know, and plus if I added onto that, it stops the ten in a row talk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it'd be magnificent for Rangers. Simon, quickly, uh, it'd be up there. But they have spent a lot of money. People forget that, you know, they spent more money than Celtic in the Over the past couple of years, not just something you years, think, yeah. you get 8 million quid. They have spent a lot of money. They've players, so yeah. it, for me it wouldn't be that big a shot because, as I say, Goldson, Kent, good players that they've brought in. They've, brought, they've got a good manager there. Um, but of course, on the back of, as Gordon says, a double treble. Um, if Gerard was to come in his first first year and, and beat Brendan Rodgers, which ultimately would come, didn't it? It'd, yeah. be, it'd be an amazing story for him. Well, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on it. We'll see how it falls. Right, because we've got a special guest, Gordon Dale. Now, he just signalled to me there. He said, listen, I've only got five minutes. I need to get going. He's on the golf course. He's warming up for the, for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> and then he's looked at the, at the script and seen the last section of the programme is about himself. Now, he said, well, I can stay for 20. <laughs> uh, but let's look at Wraith Rovers, Air United, Man oh. City, Partick Thistle, Rangers. You've touched on one of your big games at Rangers your, your old firm debut and you scored after five minutes we'll, we'll, we'll just we'll fleetingly go through it Daz but did you enjoy your, your Rangers days was it a great place to, to start playing your no I hated it at the beginning to be honest young boys 16 it was too hard for me I went straight for school and the training at that time under it just was Jock Wallace and then John Gregg became the manager and I couldn't do it and, and I remember a, a Tuesday was always gym work and it was a nightmare weights and I've, I'd never lifted weights and true story I, I went home one after my first week and the next Monday I was sitting in the, <laughs> sitting in the house with a hammer trying to hammer my big toe to injure myself so I couldn't <laughs> train on the Tuesday because oh, I couldn't do it what was so hard about it? <laughs> it was just I couldn't lift the weights and it was the hurdles and bouncing over all the old stuff and the the, 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 the sit-ups for the, the rocky position, yeah. you know. 
And I'm, I was... Look, happened to you? Do you know just get somebody phone in if he's saying sorry? He's got a sore tummy on the other day. But I have it. Brilliant. Yeah, I was, and then you went to uh, Gullin and, oh my, I couldn't have got up the, the, the murder hill, as we called it. But as a young boy, oh, it, was, it was horrendous. And then I would travel with Tom Forsyth, Tom McLean and David Cooper and it was old days at Big Tam. He would roll the window down and his sweetest son. I'd be looking, no, oh well, I'll get a train, boom. <laughs> and, and I'd be looking at the motorway because it was at Motherwell Hamilton thing, and I'm thinking, where are they going to turn to come back and get me? <laughs> right in the wind. And, and I remember saying to Coop just quickly, I says, look, I need a big time sweeties. I will not let me in the motor. He went, oh, he loves bonbons. I went, right, dead on, great. So the next day, Wendy goes down, all right, get sweeties. I went, oh, I've got your favourite time. He went, oh, when he looks at me, Tommy went, oh, he's got the bonbons, Tom. Have one of them. And he went, I like the lemon ones, windy up. <laughs> and it was torture. And you begin, and, and you had to have a suit on and all that carry on, and, and shirt and tie, clean shave, which wasn't a problem with me. I just left school. But I'd only one, I'd only one suit. I had, I had no two bob. And again, one day, my suit would be on the, the, the shower and thing. I'd go home in the tracksuit and everything. It was, <laughs> it was, the Rangers days were incredible, but I was very grateful that I'd played in cup finals with Rangers and I'd played in Celtic games, which I always wanted to do, and I scored and stuff like that. So there was a lot of good memories at Rangers, uh, but I think my best memories got to be when, you know, Man City was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Let no me, for let, a foot. touching Man City then, so... Because you know, you're up here, your Rangers, you're there, United, mm. particularly your Rafe Rovers. I said at the top of the show, the top scorer in the club's history, Coca Cola Cup success as well as captain with them. But at Man City, I mean, you're, you're a legend. In fact, watch your I know you're doing the half time mm. draw tomorrow mm. night, but I mean, you're, you're a legend on there, big. Big Yaya and yeah, the guys, yeah, Pep and, yeah. and I still, and I still get, still get down and get treated great. I still keep in touch with boys, you know, we're on WhatsApp, we have the, the group chat and stuff like that. You must have been pleased for a Aguero because I know you, you take them uh, very much, sessions. Very <laughs> much so, to a wee striker session for him. I mean, he's improving the boy. But no, I love my time down there. And funny, it was, it was big Billy McNeil that signed me. Yeah. I went for John Gregg, Billy McNeil. Bertie Old, and then my greatest, the one that saved my career was another Celtic yeah, man. I know what you're going to say. And, and I always remember it was uh, Sunday morning, and it was Frank Connor. I don't you I know, know Frank, Frank, Frank. Frank was, he's still fantastic with me. I, I phone him up every time I need anything. He's like a father figure to me. And I remember Sunday morning, and the door chapped at my house, and sort of I lost my way wee bit in football. And um, he was. I opened the door and he called me a, a, a total, whatever he called me. And I'm looking, thinking, I haven't even finished my kebab for the night out. <laughs> and I thought, what if, what is the Reverend Ian Paisley standing my door on a Sunday morning for, right? Because he, he was just spitting a medium. And just <laughs> thing. he says, right, give me a month. And that's what kicked my career on. I decided to give him a month. And so he, is this at Wraith Rovers? Ah, that's yeah, how I got Wraith, to Wraith. Yeah, I was out yeah. the game. Uh-huh. And uh, he took me up to Wraith, and in my first game I scored, and I went on to Captain Cup Finals, winning leagues, we won the double that year, we won the championship, got promoted, and uh, that was my last season. And um, 
fantastic memories I had up there. Great, great, great set of boys as well. I know it's obviously it's a team game, and you'd be the first to recognise, as you say, the efforts of Frank Connor mm. and your teammates. You know, you know, like your your Sean Dennis and your Peter Hennersons and your Ali Grahams and your Craig Brewsters. But you did win individual awards back to back. PFA Scotland Player of the Years in, in the old first division. You must have a couple of stories about winning the awards. Yeah, I was well. I was I was battering in thirty five goals. Uh, to be fair, I used to take a couple of months off at Christmas. Um, <laughs> and I, rem- I remember, I remember, I always tell the boys, I always wind them up that I scored three hat tricks in one week. It would have been four, but we didn't have another game. <laughs> and it was just one of the ones, and it was all down to the boys. We had some great players like the Heathersons, McStays, Ronnie Coyles, Big Allies, Pat Brewster, me and him was a great partnership. And I was very lucky that. I won the, 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 the championship player of the year and it was great going there because you were always all days like McAllister, you know, what he turned up like, we were all the same, absolutely pissed. <laughs> and the second year I wasn't going and I was nominated again and uh, I got a phone call at Starts Park saying, listen, you need to come. We, we hate to tell you, we can't tell you this, but we have to because we want you there. You've won it again. So I never told anybody, but I grabbed Peter Hairston and joking on it. I says, look, I've won this again. Let's wind Brewster up. So we we told Brewster that he'd won it. And <laughs> uh, been nominated, didn't he? Yeah, Brewster had, and he had a fantastic season and to be fair to Big Craig he should have won it. And um we gets to joke me stay, that's where we used to meet at Joke Joke's house for a couple of cans before we went in. And the big man turned up with a kilt on, his mates were there, <laughs> he'd bought extra tickets <laughs> and stuff like that. And um he had a speech and everything, God love him. And um, he was sitting right across from me and the nominations come up, everything. And um, the boy says, I can't remember who's presenting. And the winner is, now just shout over Craigie, unlucky you were second. <laughs> I've never seen a six foot three guy going to about five foot two in all my life. He went under a table. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't even know if I, I've still got a trophy. I think I lost it that night in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about you talk about Wraith Rovers just very quickly. Best bunch of boys, best dressing room you've done. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, just for the first time I went, it was just people that came, you know, Cammy Fraser was there, great character, Ian McLeod, you know, these boys, Jock McStays, Ronnie Coyles, Peter Hearst, and it was just and then Jimmy Nicholl was icing the cake as a, a you know, everybody knows Jimmy's a he's a funny boy, great stories and we had some Unbelievable times. The dressing room was unbelievable. It was the only dressing room I can ever, and this is true, we were playing Air United at home and I'd scored 25 goals that season and a boy, um, it was playing, I can't remember his name, Chippy we called him, he'd scored three and he played, Nickel played up, played him up front, right? And I'm thinking, I stood up, I went in the dressing room, I went, he fucking joking, right? <laughs> Do you know when he goes out, of course? <laughs> <laughs> to the manager. It's true. So Henderson's the captain, and they're lining up to go, and they're all shouting, come on, come on, need to win this, need to win this, to keep him out of the team. Right? <laughs> and I'm standing there with a tracksuit on. So we go out, and nothing each. We're united, and there's about 25 minutes to go, and I'm sitting in the dugout. And I was a cocky, I, I still have a wee bit, but I was a dead cocky. So I shouted, hey, Nicko, 
do they want a bonus? I says, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I says, get me on the park. I says, come on, I need some money. He went, right, you're an arrogant bee, get yourself strapped down on, and I scored two, right? Well, one, two, and all. So I walked in, and I've held court, I've slaughtered <laughs> but, but that was the sort of boys they were, you know, they were, every day was brilliant, I must admit. Just walking in that dressing room, it's superb. Right, finally, Airdrie, Director of Football, one of the friends of the show as well, Mark Wilson was, a, mm. was your head coach. Tell us about about your relationship, your working relationship with, with wee Mushroom. Ah, Mushroom, brilliant. He was brilliant. Great respect for him players. Worked very hard at it. I think, I think Mark Wilson, and I'm not just saying this because I work with the boy, seeing him close up and the way he went about his business, uh, he should be in the game at some level. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think the game's missing. What level is that amateur? Uh, no, <laughs> well, <laughs> under 18. Um, Caddying for you. <laughs> but no, he was he, he was different class. Uh-huh. He really was. He was good with the boys and it was a hard gig for him because we didn't have any money. All the money had been used and stuff like that. And plus the fact that I was on a big salary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we had, to, we had to look after the top first. But um, no, and, and, and I hope that he gets an opportunity again because he will be successful. He's got a good knowledge of the game. Brilliant, that's great to hear. Listen, Daz, it's been an absolute Brilliant. pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed your company the past 50 minutes on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. I know that you made the right choice, staying with us right until the very end, and you'll join us again next week. My thanks to Gordon Dale, and my thanks to Simon Ferry. We'll see you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.